Nice. So we have, uh, we're synced. We're ready to go. I'm blocking the wire with my body. All right. And that top is no longer shaking. Hit me. You've got stuff to tell me. I'm so excited. You see what I mean? You got to be crazy. Too late to be sane. You got to go full tilt, full loop. Because you're only given a little spark of that. We are attention. If you lose that, you're not attention. From me to you. Don't ever lose that. Because it keeps you alive. Now, you have some pretty strong opinions about I am versus I have and how you define it for yourself and how you choose to talk about your ADHD. Tell tell me a little bit about that. Let's let's shift gears here a little bit and let's have you really tell not only me, but tell the listeners why you feel so strongly about this and how you talk about your own ADHD. Great. Overall, I believe that I am over I have. So I'll start by saying I currently will tell people I am attention different, or I am ADHD. That was not always the case. From high school, from diagnosis through high school into college, I said I am. About two to three years out of college, I was dabbling in I have because of a very compelling argument from some ADHD friends regarding mental conditions and whether or not they define you. And to be entirely uh, transparent, it was a conversation over schizophrenia and bipolar some friends of mine are bipolar, profess that they are afraid to say I am bipolar, and they have every right to be afraid because there's a disorder in which technically, as far as we know, neurologically, you lose yourself for some period of time. You, I mean, you white out and do things and say things that you absolutely did not mean to say or do. That is a that is a much stickier situation to claim with confidence. I am I'm I am all those things I said, all those things I did. For someone in that situation, it feels way more comfortable and powerful and fulfilling to say, no, no, no. I have this thing that I treat and I manage, and I am something entirely different. I am this person. I don't act this way. I think it comes back to that sense of both the stigma in society. The level of stigma, because schizophrenia and bipolar are two of the, you know, the biggest kind of have the most stigma, let's say, of 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 mental conditions. Like those, those are two really heavy labels. I just think it's it's much harder with with those labels to admit and to identify with those conditions or as those conditions in certain in certain contexts or even in most contexts, both like interpersonally, relationships, business, context, school. As soon as you say, I am diagnosed with this condition or I have this condition or I am this condition, some conditions are are more easily digestible than others and, ha- and, and yeah. come along with so much of that which is, which is a Which is a tough point to make, which is a really, which is a really chal- you know, controversial and challenging thing to say, but I also agree, uh, almost pragmatically speaking, um, or logically speaking, yeah, there are co- conditions have different stakes, and a condition right. in which your day to day may be problems with a to do list, finishing work on time, impulsive behavior, speaking out in class, uh, uh, disinterest, or or daydreaming, when compared to right a, a human being who blacks out, right? You, um, well, let's not say blacks out, but but is 
has a compared to a human dis, who has it's disassociated, an involuntary disassociated from reality yeah. and yeah. can ha- not distinguish between certain types of auditory hallucinations or visual hallucinations or whatever it sure. might be. I, I, I will asterisk that and say it doesn't mean we're comparing apples and oranges here because it doesn't mean exactly. that ADHD yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. isn't any less severe or or that there's not a, um, in, in some cases, depending on the level of severity of symptoms, it can't, it can't be just as impairing in certain where, daily where life I functionings. Am, where I am already disagreeing in this debate is that most extreme bipolar case compared to most extreme ADHD case, most extreme bipolar case, 10 times worse, 100 times worse. Okay. Mathematically impossible well, to. But it doesn't. But does, it, does it matter? Because we can. Yes, it does. I think it does. I think it does. I think it matters because I have a way easier time saying I am ADHD in a rapid cycling bipolar patient, male or female. You're rapid cycling on a day to day basis or a week to week basis. And right. guess what? They don't have that freedom. Exactly. So I am, so, I am so maybe, saying that. So, okay, the most so, severe ADHD case has way more freedom than a rapid cycling bipolar patient. Okay. Hands down. So, so that might be privilege. We might so be I'm getting saying back that's to privilege. privilege. Yes, that's yeah. privilege. I'm saying that I yeah. have the privilege as a high functioning, which is another tough phrase. That's another gray phrase. Mm-hmm. But socially, colloquially, we say I'm I'm high functioning or high functioning because we have we have a a version you've of graduated ADHD, college. You're graduated college, applying worked, to grad yeah. school and been accepted. You've gone to grad school. We are as by social standards highly functioning ADHD men, right? So yes, of course. I, I know people who are homeless in ADHD. And we're white men. <laughs> and we're white, yeah, white straight men who went to college and grad school and have ADHD. That's high functioning and high privilege. Uh, we know people who are on the way opposite side of the scale as far as right. ADHD is concerned. But my point is there is an absolute dividing line between certain mental conditions where certain people are afforded the freedom to claim in a more confident and positive way their condition versus certain people who they aren't mentally capable of 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 that freedom they 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 i mean the and it goes there are certain i know i know i love i don't don't like i don't like the mentally they're incapable well then what then what word then what then how how would you define like somebody who i know i would say it's much i would say there's more barriers in their way and I would okay. say there's more, there's more societal barriers. There's more structural barriers. There's more um, stigma. There's there's a greater cost to them admitting or them taking on that identity or them deciding to put that out there and put themselves out there. So you were saying you were saying I am ADHD. So you're you had these friends who were kind of coming back at you with you know. They're having they're having a harder time accepting this, and you you for a while switched your standpoint to saying, okay, I I have ADHD versus I am ADHD, but then you switch back. So where are you at now, and and what made you switch back? So I was flip flopping a little bit before our second chat uh, conference. No, the first chat. Sorry, my first chat in twenty. 20- 15, I went to um, a lecture by one of my like icons of psychology, and at the end of his lecture on 
comorbidity between bipolar and ADHD, I asked him, do you say I have or do you say I am? Because, as it turns out, this psychologist has ADHD. So I asked him, do you say I am or I have? And at that time, I had been saying I have for a few months. And, and the reason I specify is it was very short, these phases, after college. I was flipping back and forth a lot. So at that moment... Yeah, but your friends strongly in influenced you before yeah, going to yeah, this conference. Bo both ways, both ways, yeah. both ways. I was getting influences for am and have. So, and so I he... ask this doctor, do you say I am or do you say I have? He like kind of leaned back and thought, huh, and then said to the crowd, that's a great question, and I say I am ADHD. And I laughed, and then he chuckled, and I said, I'm, I'm sorry I'm laughing, but I have been, I have said I am for years and recently switched to I have, and now I'm switching back. And then the room kind of chuckled together and we laughed. And, and that, in that moment, I, I needed to hear that from that person at that time in my life to essentially uh, uh, set it in stone. I, 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 don't, I will never go back to have I I am ADHD. never 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 go back never, never going never, back never with a capital N hearing this person who I respect a great deal say I am ADHD with confidence I was like done done I am this so he is... reinstilled that confidence in you yes to and take then that later back on so you feel like ADHD is so much a part of who you are and a part of your brain and this it's this intractable aspect or or aspects of of who you are mm -hmm. that that you are not separate from it and it can't be siloed off or, or sectioned off and said well let's look at the adhd traits of you or let's look at the adhd parts of you it's like adhd is you in every aspect and facet of your life and your being and you're choosing to embrace and embody all of those things at once Mm -hmm. I'll give you my most compelling case. Because ADHD is not a disease or a virus or a bacteria that I contracted post my most formative years. I'll repeat that. Because I did not contract ADHD post my formative years. And I believe that. I don't think people contract ADHD. Because I was born this way, we woke up like this. We woke up like this. We woke up because I woke up like this at age zero. Every learning experience, every discovery, every class I took, every activity I did with, with peers of mine, with adults, with authority, every action was colored or coded in character traits that are unique to ADHD. It is impossible. It is impossible to strip my brain wiring from every moment of my life since I took my first breath because I had it at birth. Just like anybody who is homosexual or transgender, I mean, when you, if you are from birth designed a certain way, that is going to have some effect, either small or big, depending on the context, depending on the time, depending on the age, on my actions, my thoughts, my choices, the direction that I choose to go, 
I, I, may, I may have been blessed, which I'm, actually I'll strike that. I was blessed. I was blessed by an early diagnosis. I was diagnosed at the age of 10. So from 10, I understood there was a seed planted that I am different in some way. So already from the age of 10 years old, I am taking note of and observing my world through a defined lens, like through like a lens that was defined for me by doctors, by psychologists and psychiatrists. So how could I possibly argue, how could I possibly argue that ADHD is a disease that I have or something that I treat when from the age of 10, I knew that it existed and every choice and action and, and, and activity that I performed in, I was operating under the lens of being different. So right. all of my character traits, all my personality traits, the words that I say, the, the rate at which I talk, um, all of my coping mechanisms, all of that defines my personality. This is really a, a discussion about personality. How is your personality defined? And Aaron, my personality is defined by all sorts of character traits my skin color, my hairstyle, my fashion sense, what city I currently live in, what kind of car I drive. So if all of those, yeah, but those are effect, external, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? What, no, but, but you know, don't cut me off too soon. If all of those material things have an observably significant effect on my personality, the fact that I have a mental condition that I was born with, it has to hold a giant chunk of that pie that we call Steven's personality, right? Because I've lived with it for 26 years. And and uh, it's kind of funny turn of a phrase. I just said I've lived with it as though it's a separate <laughs> thing. But I caught myself. But I've but I have I have lived in, in fact, instead of saying with it, I've lived through it. I have lived through ADHD for 26 years. It is uh, uh, in, impossible to to detach from my personality. Impossible. If you if you are ADHD, does that mean that let's say if if they developed some kind of way to implant an electrode in your brain or um, treat your ADHD, remove your ADHD from you, some magic pill, some you know electrical stimulation, something that that would just take that ADHD away? Do you feel like you would be losing something about yourself that you, you wouldn't choose to even do that. that that even if you had that option you would you would choose to keep your ADHD you would choose to keep who you are and be ADHD even if that was a possibility so in my current situation i am very happy with the cards that i was dealt the poker hand that i received at birth i will clarify as many should, that I had no control over which parents I was born to or which brain or body I was born with. But I'm pretty fucking happy. Sorry for the curse, but I'm pretty happy. Don't with. be sorry. <laughs> I'm very happy with, with the situation I was born into. So it's a lot easier for me to say the following. If I could choose to get rid of my ADHD tomorrow, I would absolutely say no. I'll, I'll give you the like romantic side and then the like, pragmatic side the romantic side is i don't want to lose this part of me that i've that i've lived through for 26 years it's it's an, it's so ingrained in my personality and being i would definitely long for elements of the adhd here's the pragmatic side 
why would why the fuck would I go to sleep tonight and wake up a different person <laughs> and start at square zero, right? Like that was like if I if I went to bed tonight and woke up not ADHD, like the easy answer is oh, suddenly you don't have all these challenges and mental blocks. No, no, no. My personality would be so erratically different. My friends would look at me weird. My family would look at me weird. People wouldn't know how to deal with me because the closest people to me who have known me for the longest period of time know me to be the way that I am. My, I, have, I have seven, eight. I have eight best friends in high school. We have a name for ourselves. It is too inappropriate for this podcast. And we have been friends, we have been friends for like well over a decade right? Two of the people who know me better than anyone on the planet, more than my parents, are from that group. And they treat me the way that they do. And they deal with me the way they do, knowing almost 15 years, 20 years, 20 years of ADHD Stephen, right? That relationship would change radically. And that's terrifying. That's deeply upsetting. So I no, I would not want to change what I've got because I got a pretty good thing going. And, and that's, and that I need to admit that because I have, I know plenty of other people, men and women who have ADHD, who don't have a good thing going, who, if you ask them, would you give it up, rubbed a lamp and a magic genie came out and said, I can remove ADHD from your yeah, life. If you had one forever. wish, if you, you had, had one wish, wish and your ADHD um, could be gone tomorrow. I do know. I do know. And you and I have interviewed people who have said, yeah, I would remove my ADHD. And I, and I, and I don't know if I would be strong enough. I mean, I, I would hope, like, honestly, if I was taking a step back and I'd like to think that I would be strong enough to have that confidence and say, I'm ADHD and proud and I would choose to have this. I don't know. I, I, there's part of me that's like, I might just say, okay. And, and that's, I, I hate to admit that. I think this is where, when we first started talking about this, I am versus mm. I have. I was always of the opinion of like, well, I have, and I didn't necessarily see ADHD as that great of a thing. And and I and I really do feel genuinely that ADHD has some great qualities. And I feel like I have some of those qualities. I think it makes me more creative. I think I'm more artistic. I think I'm I'm an out of the box thinker. I think sometimes that risk taking that is impulsivity helped me become an entrepreneur. And I think there's a lot of things about me that 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 ADHD is is integral to who I am. ADHD has been hard for me, I think, in mm. my life. It's I, if my relationship with ADHD and and the symptoms that come along with my ADHD. It's a it's a complicated dance that I go through with that, and mm. it's been one of those things in my own life that has not been that easy. I got in so much trouble. I made some really dumb decisions early on, and I've done things that I totally regret. Um, you know, growing up and, but then at the same time, there's been so many other positive things that have also come from ADHD where it's this mixed bag. It's not a clear cut. It's not, you know, this black or white, you know, either good or bad thing. But sometimes like my, one of my biggest issues was just deciding what to put my energy towards because my energy was divided in so many different areas. You know, I was interested in drums and guitar and painting and ran track and then I had basketball and then I had there there was so many different things I was always into and it was shifting I'm kind of like became a a jack of all trades and a master of none that's the mill I, I think that is number one primo most terrifying phrase for me but I feel like it's a more of an endemic thing in ADHD or jack of all trades master of none terrifying 
Well, it can be, and it can be, it can lead to a lot of problematic things. It could lead to this insatiable pursuit of certain things or this obsessive pursuit of interests and, and what's stimulating for you, what's engaging for you without a focused attention or priority on what's going to be responsible or what's necessary or what's going to help move you closer to your goals and what's going to help you get deeper into certain skills or certain interests so that you can become, you can master those skills or you can, you can develop a competency at certain things. That's the essential drawback is that sometimes these traits that push us to take risks, to think outside the box, to, to do things and to see things differently also can be what holds us back from even accomplishing those very same things. Mm. So Mm. that's why I have such a complicated perspective because there's days where I sit down and I'm thinking, man, if, if it was easier for me to be able to do certain daily functions, if I was better with certain aspects of time management, if I was better with certain aspects of uh, my motivation or my diligence or my memory or other things that I feel are affected, those executive functioning things that are affected by having ADHD, would I trade it in? And, and I know mm. this because it's kind of like, you know, my wife is a complete opposite, right? She's, she's very, um, she has a high attention to detail. She can be motivated very easily and she's very organized and, and can be prompt and on time for, for lots of things. And, and there's a part of me that's jealous of that, or there's a part of me that I guess is insecure in some ways that I wish that I it's it's kind of like the the grass looks greener on the other, other side. Right, <laughs> right, right. The, there's a part right. of me that's like, I don't know. I, would I take the red pill or the blue pill if it was offered to me? And and I wonder what that would what that blue pill would be like. But Anyways, let's point, let's get point, back to the yeah, point. So yeah, to the point. Like if you could take a magic blue pill, I mean, like the, you're not a, you're not alone. Yeah. There, there are here's here's where the question here's here's what makes the question the question challenging is that the question isn't. If you could blink, close your eyes, go to bed tonight, wake up, and start over, right? As having not had ADHD from the beginning. And live your entire life essentially the same. All the same thing, all the same, as as much as, like, is strippable from the the condition, which I think is bullshit. But if, if you could, like, have the same trajectory and kind of go through that life that you had, that you, Aaron, had without ADHD... Would you do it? And like, that's a much harder question for me to answer. Like, if I yeah. could go, if I, with the same brain, same body type, same interests, go from start to finish without having ADHD, I'm not saying that I would make that wish come true, but I, I am definitely way more fascinated by how, how different I would be without ADHD from start to finish. When we step back and we think about stigma and we think about society and we think about societal expectations, that society values certain things over other things. They may value productivity and efficiency and those kind of things over creativity and ingenuity and and insight and energy, which are all things that are ADHD. We have a plethora of those those attributes and and and, and maybe a deficiency, right, or a deficit – quote unquote, of some other attributes or traits. But do we 
do we decide to rid society of those colors and those extremes, those beautiful extremes, or or even of ourselves? Do we do we deny? Like now I'm now I'm stepping back because I I think I agree with like honestly I I I agree with you. <laughs> I that, and, this, and this is getting into I wait. I, where's the champagne? There should be champagne. <laughs> I think I hit a bottle up here somewhere. Right here. I'm just kidding, but that would be great <laughs> if I had a bottle of champagne. <laughs> I I believe that. The healthiest position is to be able to strongly and confidently and self-assuredly say, I am ADHD and I'm not afraid to, to be that, to claim that, to, to speak out to whatever context I go to in the job, in school, in relationships, admit that, be that, and be proud. And, and the, the thing that really does like bring me around to this is I really think that your argument about the intractable traits, the things that you were, you were born this way. I remember my dad, for instance, like when he was a child, he had this this malformation in his ears where his ears kind of stuck out like this. Mm. And his parents decided, you know, gave him the choice, but decided would he uh, like to have plastic surgery to help bring those ears in? And he chose to do it. And I think he's he's very happy that he did that. I mean, he's you know he probably saved himself a lot of ridicule or other things growing up. And but that was his choice, you know. And I think that's what it comes down to is it's everybody's choice of whether and how much we reveal, what kind of identity we choose to take on, mm. and how we choose to identify ourselves. Mm. No one can, no one should be able to, society shouldn't be able to, parents, teacher, anyone else shouldn't be able to define that identity for us or box us into a certain label or category without us choosing, without us deciding in a way that's confident, self-assured, knowing ourselves. And it may take some time for some folks to be able to do that. And I, I even think those friends of yours who have schizophrenia or have some other diagnosis it's not impossible for them to get there either and that's what i think we're like like that's part of what we're doing on this podcast is that anyone regardless of their differences or disabilities or challenges or whatever it is that's societally seen as something that that holds them back or that's hard for them mm. that they struggle with that that doesn't need to get in their way and doesn't need to be a barrier to, to their success and right. it doesn't need to be something that they shy away from and hide. It right. should be something that, that they're empowered to bring to the surface, embody fully, and be who they are and who they were meant to be in all of their beautiful nature. Really, yeah. really kind of blossom or, or come out of that, that cocoon and become that, that butterfly. And, and we've seen that adhd butterfly poster and it's beautiful because it has all those traits and there's yeah. a graphic design artist who designed it but it's it's yeah it's beautiful because it shows all of those those upsides and traits that we have but we have that time period where we are that caterpillar or in that cocoon stage where we're locked in we don't know how to even embody or harness those things in a way that allows us to spread our wings and to fly and to succeed right. and that's part of I think why we're doing this podcast and that's exactly the reason why I agree with you is that I, I want to get there too. Right. And, and I, and I thank you for 
bringing that message to the world and for doing your your talk and for because it's been I think it's it's been life changing not only for me but for a lot of a lot of folks out there. And I think why I get so emboldened and, and emblazoned even regarding the stakes of other conditions. I genuinely feel deeply humbled by the fact that knowing everything I know and having done the research and learned everything I've learned up to this point about my own condition, I know, I, I know intimately well how lucky I got with the scaffolding that I had from parents and the schools that I went to and the friends that I had and the community that I had, but also the condition that I have and the severity of the condition that I have. I feel very, very humbled that I have this freedom to be so demanding, right? I, I have a lot of freedom, a lot of privilege, as you pointed out at the beginning of this podcast, to demand that I be treated a certain way. And with that comes two things, the responsibility to act on it. Because I have this freedom and I understand that others don't, I better do something with it because not to is an offense to those who don't have the same freedom. And the responsibility to carry myself correctly and wave the flag in an appropriate and tactful manner so I'm not ruining the experience of other people like me, right? So I'm taking care and I'm catering to those in our group. But you know what? Yeah. It's a fascinating all, place to we be We all navigate that yeah. privilege. We all right. have to grapple with those choices and when to advocate in and what circles and how strongly we we say things or what we do we have to just say look yes you are a high functioning person with adhd but you also that doesn't negate or discount the validity of what you're saying and i believe that anyone can get to that place where they strongly and confidently adopt a position that you are that condition that you are you fully and love yourself fully enough mm. that mm. it doesn't, it no longer matters how negative or how much stigma is attached to those labels or what society thinks of you or how they see mm. you and how they judge you. That you believe so much and love yourself so much that you're willing to step into that ring, to that arena, and be who you are no matter what. So, and yeah. As Ru I, I, I agree. As RuPaul says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't love yourself. How the. How the hell are you going to love anybody else? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> now, Shaz, say, oh, wait. You see what I mean? You got to be crazy. Too late to be sane. You got to go full tilt, Bo Ru. Because you're only given a little spark of that. We are attention. If you lose that, you're not attention. Pay attention. Hey, attention.